0: Um, many of us here, it seems now, are, are growing, are in this fantasy surfing league, and some you know, wish to remain anonymous, um, and it's as nerdy as it sounds, but there's a lot of people in this room in our community have been, been getting into this, and it's been a ton of fun. So I just felt like I wanted to extend the invite to everyone, because it's sort of like it just keeps growing, and you don't have to know anything about surfing or fantasy to play. It's, su- it's, it's really that simple. It's a ton of fun. Uh, there's like nine events over the next, I don't know, eight months or so, so it's not that complicated. If you're interested in dabbling into it, I just have to invite it, because it's like, you know, Ben's playing, my wife's playing, Noah's playing, Noah doesn't surf, you know, so, but he's doing great, right. yeah. But yeah, it's fun. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday is kind of a, I was talking with Nick last night a little bit, it's, it's kind of a pivotal day in, in my history, my family's history, as it pertains to this community. and. It was the last day for me. Some of you know our story. Some don't. But it was the last day uh, I served. Uh, my last day at the church I served out before this. So before this one, I was at another church for for thirteen years. And it was a formative as a, a time in ministry position as could be. I, I did everything there from student ministry, which I know some of the some of the uh, people here from that to, to missions and, and teaching and and small groups and all the things. And after about 13 years, we just had a very clear sense, Amy and I, that we were done. It was just time to to leave the nest and and. and god was calling us to something else to form something new however we didn't know what that was yet that didn't exist yet new did not exist yet we didn't move right into that and it wasn't for really for almost almost a year right so we left one thing and we entered into this in between and the in between can be a little scary right it's like the upside down i say it's a little bit you could it has some semblance of your life before but it's a little uneasy it's a little bit of a, a shaky time and i clearly remember uh, leaving that sunday it was uh you know super bowl sunday and and I, I was alone, I was he- heading, out to Amy, heading out to Amy's parents' house uh, for the Super Bowl, and, and uh, I stopped at Made West, which had just, just opened, and to pick up some, pick up some beer, and, and I just sat down for a moment, and I, had, I remember having a beer at this place by myself, and I'm just like, just reflecting, and I just took a breath, and I, I just recognized the moment that I was in. I think Seth was there, and he came over and you know, said hi, and I was just like, just taking it all in. I was just like this unemployed guy having a, a beer to, at the bar by himself, I'm like, how did I get here? And uh, no, and I, and I, I just remember that, that moment, just the kind of gravity of just sort of where, that, where I was. And you know, again, May West had just opened up, and I had just taken a job there bartending, and, uh, which would be a large part of my ra- reality over the next three years. So I, I bartended there for, for about the first three years they were open, and I met a lot of people. You know, I washed a, a lot of glassware and, and rinsed through a lot of issues regarding faith and identity, and it was a very important time. It was as formative a time for me there as it was even being at uh, the church all those years. And I remember sermon prepping in the break room on Saturday nights and, you know, mopping floors on Monday mornings and, you know, uh, or cleaning up, you know, puke in the bathroom. Like, how did I get here? Like, where did I go wrong? You know, and, and, and uh, you know, my family would come down on Thursdays for, for years, and, and we'd have dinner there at this food truck. Mom and Pop's tacos. It was just you know, great taco truck and, and that was a regular rhythm, right? That's that's where I was and, and, and it was a good one. And in during that time we had started the community, we started new and some of you were there for that and, and, and God man God bless you guys for being there in the beginning and, and helping kind of sew into that time. Because it was a hard time. And, and there's just times like that. And there, you know, again, times at the end of the night where I'd be at, at, at the brewery and like, oh my gosh, like where did I go wrong? How did I end up here? And like, and I kind of like I kinda knew how I ended up there. You know, I left one thing, I entered into this in-between. I, I was part of it. I felt like it was part of my faith journey and calling. Right? It, w- it was the right thing, but it was also sometimes hard. It was a good thing, but also a hard thing. And it was a season that I'm grateful for. And you know, I, I like some seasons that we we go through. We don't necessarily want to go back. You know, you know, those times like, oh man, that was very formative And fruitful, and God did so much work, but I don't necessarily want to do it again. Um, but I do go back there mentally from time to time to kind of revisit that, right? To revisit that place. And I still work at Midwest in, in a certain capacity, a different capacity. And it's one of those life's, you know, part of life's journey for us. All of us are on this. You know, it's a combination of cause and effect, right? A lot of times we can look at life where I sit with people and they wonder, like, oh, how did I get here? I'm like, well, I can look at your life and actually tell you how you got there, right? It's a series of decisions or, or sometimes it's happenstance or things happen to you you get there and also divine guidance right divine guidance god's hand is upon our story and our on our, our direction and i think there's sometimes some room in how we get to where we're going and we can make that difficult on ourselves or make it easier on ourselves but there's this divine guidance and and I, I, you know, I was just thinking about it last week and I could barely get the words out last week. That Sunday was a weird Sunday for me. But you know, all all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, right? It's this moment now. What am I doing now? What's been given me now? And like do I do I become bitter or, or better through a situation? Uh, do I lean into the lesson of this time, whatever's happening now? Do I lean into a lesson or just try to get through it? I'm just trying to get through it. It's gotta get just gotta get past it. Or are you leaning into it? Like, how will you be shaped on the other side of what you're going through right now? Your story right now? What are you going to look like you know, a month from now, a year from now? How are you being, how are you being shaped? And the text today, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do very, a little bit of it, and we'll get into communion, communion and we'll pick up next Sunday. This is a really great letter. I don't want to rush it. But the text today is, is this letter to Philemon. It's called the letter to Philemon. Paul's letter to Philemon. And uh, it's one chapter. It's 25 verses. Uh, it's from a place, Paul, in prison, uh, to a person, Philemon, uh, for a purpose, to pe- an appeal in love on behalf of someone else. Right, so Paul, this, is, this, is, this kind of goes along with the Colossians letter. It's written to the two Colossae. That's where Philemon lives. We caught a glimpse of this in Colossians 4.7. It looks like this. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. So this is his letter to Colossians. This is the, uh, the person he's sending the letters with. He says, he's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. And the backstory of Onesimus is he's a runaway slave from Colossae who belonged to a a person named Philemon and is now connected with Paul and is apparently a faithful and dear brother. Philemon, we don't know a lot about him, but we do know he's a Roman citizen, probably somewhat well-to-do. He's a leader in the church. He hosts hosts church at his house, uh, this guy. And so Paul is writing this letter back to Philemon. He sends it with Anisimus back to, back to Colossae, and he's kind of alerting the community, here's some things that are happening with us, remember Paul just talked about earlier in the chapter how the relationship, the gospel changes all relationships, it flips the, the script on the dynamic of husband and wife, or father and son, or you know, uh, government and citizen, slave and master, he said, hey, we're all equal here, there's no, there's no slave nor free, there's no male nor female, there's no Greek nor Jew, now there's this real-life exercise starting to happen. Like, all right, there's a slave that was one of your guys that ran away. I'm sending him back. And I love this guy. Like, he's a good, he's a good faithful servant and brother now. I'm sending him, him back to you. It opens up like this uh, to Philemon. Read a little out of the text today. Uh, to Philemon, our dear, dear friend and fellow worker, uh, also to Aphia, our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. So he's kind of, he's writing this church to Philemon, uh, but there's some other, oh, sorry, this was on. Um, Other names involved in there, and also to the church, because it's always collective and always communal when we talk about the gospel. Uh, and Paul writes the Gospels, never just about one person, but so how we do this together. Uh, likely these other names are, uh, most likely his wife, he, he addresses her as sister, that's, that's probably his wife. And that may be his son, so he's writing to the family because uh, slave ownership, you know, would have fallen on the wife as far as who manages the slaves. That's how they did it in, in Roman culture, so the wife was kind of in, in charge of the, uh, this Onesimus. And the family members were all sort of taking part. So the son probably worked with the slave. And so Paul's writing um, to the family here. He addresses the family. <clears throat> and this would have been kind of a family sort of discussion or decision. Like, okay, what's he going to be talking to us about on this, this is, uh This is much as a wife would handle as, as a husband. And he goes on to say, Grace and peace to you uh, from our Lord and Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your love for all God's people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. So he's, he's frightened to Philemon. Man, Philemon, you've been doing great. I hear about it. I hear about this church you got going on in your house. It's super cool. Uh, I pray that your partnership with us in faith may be effective in, in deepening your understanding in every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of God's people. So it's a very encouraging letter uh, to Philemon here. He's, he's encouraging Philemon. he's saying, Thank you for what you're doing. We're partners in this. You know, Paul is Paul's like the leader of, of almost like all the churches. So this is a kind of a flattering thing to say. Paul is writing to this guy. And he goes on. Let's see here. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. That is none none other than Paul myself, an old man now and a prisoner of Jesus Christ, that I appeal to you on behalf of. For my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains, formerly he was useless to you, but now he's become useful to both you and me. So Paul brings up the purpose of this letter. Say, so hey, I'm going to write it to you on behalf of Onesimus. Finally, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He ran away. And we don't know why he ran away. We don't know what happened. Um, likely, he stole something and took off. Right? That's, that, that's something that would happen. Um, maybe he just wasn't getting along, maybe he just didn't want to be there. You know, uh, slavery in the, in the Roman Empire at this time, a little more complex than, than the one we're kind of responsible for here in the United States, the ones we're familiar with. Many tears to it. There was the, the hard labor uh, slave that was just very difficult. They would have a very miserable life. That was part of it. Uh, there were some that, that was much easier, actually. They would be almost like a television butler, right? Like Alfred and Batman. Like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard. Uh, they would become a slave for so many different reasons. It was Maybe you were born into it. Uh, maybe you were a prisoner of war. Maybe you owed somebody money or did something wrong you couldn't pay back. So all kinds of people would fall in and out of slavery. Uh, there was a release of slaves, manumission. They would free the slaves sometimes. It wasn't always better for the slave. Sometimes the slave would get freed and be in more poverty than they were before. So it's was very complex, a lot of layers, a lot of tears to it. Uh, we don't know a ton about this situation, uh, but we know Onesimus took off and, and left. Uh, left his, his, his master in the home. So Paul says this, I have him, uh, I appeal to you on behalf of him because I love this guy. He's like my son now. He's been helpful for me. While well, Paul's in prison, don't know exactly what prison looks like. Uh, could have been Rome, could have been Ephesus. Uh, very likely could have been a house arrest type situation where he wasn't like in a cell. He was able to sort of live life and see people and, 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 and you know, have visitors, but he couldn't leave. He couldn't certainly go out and, and be preaching the gospel. He says, I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. It's like I'm sending this guy back. And I would have liked to keep him with me so you can take, take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that, the favor, so that any favor you should not seem, should not seem forced but will be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was so, so that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He's very dear to me even dear to you both his fellow man and fellow brother so if you consider me a partner welcome him as you would me if he has done, any, done you any wrong or owes you anything charge it back to me i paul am I'm writing this with my own hand i will pay it back uh, i will pay it back to you and he kind of goes on to just say prepare a guest room for me i'm going to come i'm going to come visit so he he makes this pretty big appeal uh, to philemon and so i'm sending him back to you uh, and if he's done anything to you, I, I'd love to pay that back. And he kind of takes this gospel approach to the situation. Philemon, kind of cool letter, super small. Paul doesn't talk about Jesus in this letter. He doesn't, he doesn't preach the gospel in this letter like he does in so many other letters, like he did in Colossians or in Ephesus. But he's living it out here. Right? There's a gospel message in Philemon. It's one of the most perfect ones. Hey, listen, if this guy has done you any wrong, I will pay it back. I will pay it back on, on behalf of you. Right? And we don't even know how this story ends just kind of ends there. Uh, tradition has it that uh, Onesimus went back and, and was treated as a brother, maybe even became a leader in the church or some kind of bishop. We don't know that. Just church tradition, church lore. We don't know how, what happened there. It's a little bit open-ended. Uh, we, assume, we assume Onesimus even made it back. He may have been like, dude, Paul, I'm not going back there, dude. You kidding me? Paul's like, no, it'll be, it'll be okay. He's like, I'm not going back. Maybe he did go back, right? And there's this, there's this situation, I think, in the story for Onesimus and, and Paul and this love. And we'll kind of just go through a couple of points. We'll, we'll get into communion. But Nismas was in this in-between situation where he left one thing, right? For, for who knows what reason. It wasn't a good situation. He stole something. Uh, he was useless, whatever. Finds Paul. Has his life, like, radically changed. He's a servant of Paul. Presumably finds Jesus now. He's a fellow worker, right? So he's got this, like, massive arc to his story. And then Paul's like, hey, man, I love you. I love having you here, but you got to go back. Like, we got to deal with this. That's just the right thing to do. We have to go back to it. And being a different person now uh, doesn't mean you don't have to deal with, deal with who you were back then. And I don't know who that might be for, but being a different person now doesn't mean you don't, you don't have to deal with who you were back then. Right? This is just part of the story. It's part of this, this, this holistic sort of healing relationship. So Paul's encouraging this one. you got to go back. Right? That would have been hard we are a lot of faith, a lot of trust. All right, I don't know. I hope he gets the letter. I hope he sees it favorably. I hope the church kind of has, has my back here and, and he, re, he welcomes you as a brother. I don't know if he will. Right? There's a lot of faith and a lot of trust in, in this journey for him. And I think about this for some of us who've been through some stuff, uh, hard stuff. And it's like not just going back to where you come from, but going back to who you came from. That can be hard, often necessary for healing. Who you came from. A lot of times when people have hurts in their life, and it could be church hurt. A lot of times it's church hurt. It's like, what's their name? Who was it? Like, who is that? Like, where do you need to make amends? Where's that reconciliation? Where's that forgiveness? Where's that openness? As much as on Philemon's behalf. We don't know what happened there. Paul's like, say, hey, listen, Philemon, whatever he owes you, I'm going to take care of it. And I would appreciate you just not hold a grudge. Receive him now as a brother. Huge ask. Runaway slave, punishable easily by death. Probably a very painful, difficult, uh, harsh death, right? This has been challenging on both sides. That's where the gospel lives. It lives in these challenging situations. Very difficult interpersonal relationship here. And, and Paul's saying, yeah, this is part of the gospel. It's in your homes. It's with your wife. It's with your kids. It's at work. It's in this stuff. It's in everything. Right? And we go through this stuff. And I think about, you know, Nissimus here. Yeah, we don't know how he ended up there don't know if it was his fault or he's born into it, whatever the circumstance was you know he could be very bitter about this this situation of his that he's being asked to go walk into or he could become better about it right it could be a great story we hope for that great story right we hope church church tradition is true you know philemon could do the same man i'm being called to to love this guy take him back ah i just don't know if i can do it right it's a very hard situation a very real honest situation that can be really either like super bitter, honestly, gonna talk about this, or like something very sweet and beautiful. right? we have that opportunity in our lives, in all our lives. And I don't know who that is for you, or where you've come from, or what maybe you need to dig into, You're like, oh, I don't wanna to touch that. Yeah, maybe there's some beauty in it. Maybe there's some beauty in that, in that story. I love Richard Rohr. Uh, he has this quote that says, "'Love is lowering us forward "'to the fullness of our own being.'" And, and Paul, in this letter, you know, he says, I'm not gonna just tell you what to do. I don't want to coerce you. I want to appeal to you on behalf. He says this. I want to appeal to you on behalf of love. Isn't that the gospel? That's that's our our God. That's our story. That God would send his son to appeal on behalf of love. He'd say, I love you. I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not going to make you do it. Paul wasn't just about writing letters to change behavior. He's trying to change the heart. Change the way they think. So we're going to have the worship team come up. We'll just give ourselves some time for this. Kind just of, kind of reflect on where we are and, and, and maybe you're in a, in a place that's great and everything's perfect and that's awesome I hope you are, who can you be an encouragement to? Right? Who, can you, who can you reach out to whatever that situation is? Maybe you're just in a weird spi- space an in-between space, like the upside down space you've been trying to get out of it you know, you're like, ah, oh, I used to come from there I'm not quite where I belong yet but I'm kind of in this middle zone it's pretty like, you know, ask God what he's teaching you there and how, 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 can, you, how can you grow through that how can that? How can that period of time that you're in right now, even if it's hard, be like turned into something beautiful? So I'm gonna have anna. you come to share a little bit what you're up to, and then we'll uh, we'll just get some guidance in in this. But. I